This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. favorite murderer that's karen kilgariff and that's georgia hardstar and we are here and we are phony (laughs) this is how we do the podcast from now on i hope you like it we were told by podcast consultants that we should act like this at the beginning of the podcast if you're new to this podcast (laughs) you can you probably hate us already you can go to hell you can fuck right off we're not supposed to curse anymore i forgot oh that's right Um, you can f right off you can f right in the a you can go to h-e double hockey sticks um, and also email us because <laughs> that's you're supposed to get that the social media aspect going. Right, we're at Twitter, and we're at and we're at um uh, we're both on Bumble, even though George is married. <laughs> What's another one that's good? I actually um wait, you might have to cut this out, Stephen, because I'll say her name to you, but I don't okay. know it. Um, Leave it. <laughs> no, it's Lizzie and I. We're talking about Bumble. We were just talking about dating in general. What a nightmare it is in LA and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And in the conversation of her trying to get me to join a oh. dating app, I convinced her to rejoin Tinder. <laughs> what? It was the Why? most hilarious turn. It was like she was trying to convince me. And as she was convincing me, I'm like, well, then why don't you do it? And then she's like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, you know what? You're right. I should You're sign up. Good. Again. It was hilarious. You're good. You're just like, I'm going to turn this motherfucker. That's and right. Are you going to sign up for any of them? No. You're going to meet someone at a fucking gas station pumping gas. Oh, They're going to be like, that's hey. That's why I keep hanging out at gas stations. <laughs> you got to uh, get a nice car. The problem is that I, my arms are always crossed when I'm getting gas. So I put out <laughs> negative. You're, you're, in, you're more interesting. You don't want superficial shit. <laughs> Thank you. None of us do. Uh, also, I just don't, I don't, I wouldn't know how to pick people based on their picture. Cause I don't oh, trust that. Yeah. I'm good at, I'm, I, I'll take friends, uh, phones. And be like, yes, yes. Or like read their thing. I don't know. Because it doesn't matter to me. There's no fucking stakes in my fucking yeah, game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I was actually doing it for Lizzie for a little while. Oh, yeah. But it's that thing where then you start seeing what other people's tastes are. Mm. Which is really funny where I'm like, oh, I would have said yes to that. Lizzie's like, oh, no. Yeah. No. This is a murder podcast, by the Guys, way. This is called Karen's Diary. <laughs> That's how we start. Um, This is called... I don't know. This is called, did you hear this interesting uh, true crime-based piece of news, which lots of people tweeted to me on Twitter. There's a woman named Agnes Gund, Mm-mm. who is basically a crazy rich philanthropist. Mm. She sold a Liechtenstein worth $165 million. Jesus. And donated <gasps> all of the money to, to the criminal camp. justice reform, specifically uh, with the eye to reduce mass incarceration in this country. Oh, my God. And a lot of people sent it um, to us 
on uh, Twitter saying there are some good billionaires out there yeah. and also like like some po- finally some positive news. That's great. Which I thought was very cool. I just found a friend of mine uh, a friend, like someone she knows is going, a dad, he's like sober, but years and years ago, he, well, he's going to prison for eight years for having some pot on him. Oh, now? In Florida, though. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Which is just like so heartbreaking. He's, his whole family is not going to have his income. His kids are going to grow up without him. Whatever he could do to be a productive member of society is fucked. Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It's so crazy. That's some old leftover. They're, no, yeah. Those laws are now seeming like blue laws. They're just so old. What's and a blue like, law? Blue laws are like those laws that were in, I don't know if they were specifically New England, but it was like, it's like you can't, um, you can't drink on a Sunday in Past, this county. Right. All that old shit that's like, they're just still on the books yeah. because no one took them off. You can't spit because of the 1919 <laughs> Spanish flu. People right. would walk in it and track it into their house. Exactly right. But I mean, it should still be illegal. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Hey. Okay. So. Okay. We were going to talk about Mommy Dead and Dearest finally because we've been promising it. Yeah. Wait, should. do you have any other short pieces of business before we get into that discussion? Business, business, business. Oh, the video of Kayla Brown when she was discovered on Todd Kolop's, uh, you know, farm or whatever. Remember when a couple months ago there was that they found this woman ch- chained up in a storage container, right? Yeah. They show someone was like they have video of them opening it, and yes. getting to her, and I was like I can't watch this because I pictured her like scream like I pictured the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah where she's screaming and insane yeah and it was nothing like that and it was almost worse. I went to watch it. I was I was gonna watch it with the sound off yeah, because yeah. I knew that part would be bad. And the first shot is she's fully dressed. She's got a chain around her neck, right? Yeah. Like there's a collar around her neck and then a chain. She's, she's like laying the wall. on a mattress, shitty mattress. But it looked so weird. She looked f- like she was fr- kind of frozen, yeah. like she was so scared. Or and whatever. how long has she been in there? Four months. Uh. I th- I'm not sure. And had seen before she went in her boyfriend shot shot and killed to death. Yeah. Um and had probably been attacked yes. repeatedly. Yes. Uh and the second it started I was like no, I'm not watching this. I just what for? Like I'm glad she's rescued. That's great. I want her to get better. I want yeah, her to be strong all positive vibes. I don't need to watch that moment of horror i felt bad but i but i did watch i felt bad watching it but i watched it i think what was so interesting to me is how calm she was and it kind of hit home of that thing of everyone always saying you don't know what you're going to be like in um a what is it a situation a crisis crisis. so they're like whenever someone gets killed and they're like he acted like so calm and it's like you don't ever know what it's going to be like for someone and this was like the perfect or like a traumatic event this is the perfect example of that to me and she was like immediately like i've been locked up in here by todd colehep for this many months he shot and killed my boyfriend like she was just like here's the information in case you ca- i can't give it to you later yes it amazing. was it was yeah it was amazing i also think i read in an article that the cops said to her uh like something like where's your buddy or do you know where your buddy is which is her boyfriend mm-hmm. who was murdered which i just hated that 
I don't know why. And maybe the phrasing sounded differently and I don't. Yeah. It's, I'm just ju- judging the written word. But I just hated that. It's like, she's not a child. Yeah. It's not his her buddy. It's not a buddy system. Yeah. Over here. But it's probably just him trying to be like, yeah. I'm your friend. Distancing. It, everything's okay. Yeah, yeah like low key. <sighs> I like to be judgy. <clears throat> um, oh, let's see. Before we get into that, I wanted to, I wanted to, plug the animating podcasts twitter yes. which i think is a new twitter because not a lot of followers yet yes that they i just they go to animating podcasts on twitter there's one of our podcasts short little clip that just brought me so much joy and happiness it's so hilarious it's so hilarious it's amazingly done for us, especially as fast as we talk yeah. and as oh like talking over like kind of overlapped yeah where that could not have been easy even like they had my i went mm, in yes it. i just made a noise and it was this perfect it's just this hilarious cartoon steven's in it narwhals are in it <laughs> spoiler alert it's just like they took a clip from our podcast of us speaking and made it animated it was very exciting it's a it was a real honor but it was also just like kind of cool so talented um and also i liked that they it started me talking to you and pointing at you which is so me <laughs> like, how did was, they know i don't know and it looked just like us it did and steven oh my god when it panned over to steven oh my god. i laughed out loud the first it was such a great job so great job animating podcast yeah they do it for other podcasts yeah. go onto their feed fucking best it's very cool and thank you guys for picking us yes um steven had a kitten named after him congratulations i i think i cried a little bit <laughs> they like found him in the backyard right like i couldn't think of a higher yeah they fa- yeah i couldn't think of like a i don't know like, it's a huge that, compliment yeah i mean it just I don't, yeah, it just means a lot. It's really cool. So the kitten's name is Stephen Ray Morris? The kitten's name is? Kitten Ray, uh, Kitty Ray Morris. <laughs> but they're calling it Morris, which I just think is so perfect. That's very cute. Yeah, Kitty Ray Morris. It's just so cute. It's a little tiny and it's a little yeah, baby. I don't know. What really, color? It's like a um, tabby, not you, Elvis. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's like a tabby, like a um, striped, like brown and gray. Kind oh, of thing. it's Kind of looks like my cat growing up. So. Mm. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. congratulations. <laughs> that means we don't have to pay you this month, right? Yep. Because the cat got... That's right. right? You got cat payments. Yeah. Going mm-hmm. towards the cat. Yeah, it's going towards the cat. Uh, ma, ma, ma. Okay, ma, me, dead, and dearest. Man, people have been asking and asking for us to please talk about it. And today, on, on my uh, car ride over, somebody... I checked my Twitter and somebody was like, are you guys ever going to talk about it? And in all caps. Oh, no, they said, have you guys. So I bet they were asking in a very polite way of like, did I miss it? Have you guys talked yeah. about this yet? And just in all caps, I wrote, not yet. Let's never talk about it again. Let's bring it up every time. Let's move on right now and just never. We'll bring it up every episode. So rude. It's time. It's finally time. It's Here it is. <laughs> Mommy dead and dearest. It was good. I Moving finally, on. I finally... <laughs> I finally watched it. I was the I was the one hanging us up because I didn't watch it for so long and I just watched it like three hours ago. Really? Yeah. Nice. I fi- I caught up. Um, it's I loved it. It's so good. It was amazing, and it's funny because I thought after watching I, since I watched The Keepers first, I was like, oh, that's like a Netflix series yeah. and it's this you know eight part thing and whatever. Uh, I thought it was really well done and also i am now so fascinated with gypsy i Dude. i it's like i don't 
the, when they were talking about the fact that she was raised by this con woman manipulator. And so that's all she knows. Can you imagine? So like her kind of taught, like, I already am not the hugest fan of the baby voice and that kind of like the giggly baby voice, which she was forced to. Yeah. Like her mother forced her to have that personality and to have that kind of like, I'm just a little baby. Well, I'm not definitely, and you'll vouch for this, not a psychologist. Okay. But. Wait, are you a psychiatrist though? Yeah. You want some pills? Yeah. <laughs> Adderall all around. Um, but I heard, you know, from someone a long time ago that when, when older adults, women have that baby voice, it's because they experienced trauma as a kid and never got past it. Yeah. So they sound the same as they did back then. Right. That sounds cool, right? Yes. Let's say, say it's real. Well, I've heard the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, man. The, the, she's being interviewed from prison. Yeah. It's just crazy. I can't imagine what her inner life is like. And I wanted to be mad at that dad so bad, but like the dad and the stepmom. But I, but it, you like, you're only seeing it through. I feel like if the mom was still alive and she was putting in her two cents, you'd be like, oh yeah, I would have moved seven states away. Yeah. Even the little clips that they had of her were frightening. Yeah. Like she is a frightening, uh, creepy woman but like okay the dad while hot wasn't very smart so i feel like he was just manipulated and con too clearly for sure even his her parents were like yeah we hadn't like they were conned yes well and also when it's that um you know that she is either she has some personality disorder i won't i won't even though all i want to do is say which one it is i won't well, well, I mean, if you have Munchausen's by proxy, yeah. which means you're willing to hurt your child to get attention. Sociopath. You're a sociopath, right? <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Ding, ding, dong. That's the one I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, maybe even, maybe even a psychopath. Yeah. Somebody tweeted and said, psychopaths can't feel anxiety, which would, I saw did that. Did you see that? That was so cool. Yes, because, so they never get nervous. So no matter what they do or who they're lying to or what they're doing, they will never have Calm. that. Like, you'll never see the twitch in their eye of like, uh-uh. or then like burst out into rage. Like, cause anxiety is nervousness. Yeah. And, um, and anticipation of a situation or anticipation of something happening. Yeah. So thank God I'm clearly not a fucking sociop. What is it? Psychopath? It's, yes. Okay. We know you're, at least we know you're not a psychopath. I'm clear, <laughs> clearly based on my pharmaceutical history. Uh, clearly not a psychopath. But I mean, yeah, the idea, cause that, like going through, cause I kept going when they would say, and then she had this surgery. It's like, how the fuck did it get to the point where she's having surgery? Dude, those doctors, yeah. man, those, I mean, I don't want to, I know that they moved around a lot of doctors once they got suspicious of it. But, and she's so manipulative. And they wanted to believe her. Why would you not believe a her? A sick child. But I feel like the first, I feel like always in a, in a pediatrician's mind should be, this could possibly be, it has to be there everyone knows what it is but she's inducing with medicine right right? so she's like oh she has this thing then she's giving her medicine that's giving her the reaction that's making her clearly this woman is smart and knows a little bit about medicine in some ways i mean when they open the medicine cabinet oh no the medicine closet closet (sighs) also the pictures around the house from around the house where there's just like brand new disney slippers everywhere where it's like disney thing was creepy as 
fuck. Everything's pink and Disney and creepy. And so she's kind of a hoarder. She's kind of like this, like, put on these slippers. It's just, yeah, it's the creepiest and then weirdest. Did you see there was a girl on Twitter who was, who like tagged us and was like, I just realized that I have a photo of them with them. It's um, one of the, it's a girl who listens. She like worked for Ronald McDonald House or something. Oh, that's right. And she's in a photo, like a photo op with them. Yes. Smiling. Yes. Honey, you win. Oh, you won that. And also she thinks she has her arm around an eight year old and the girl's <gasps> fucking 18. That, that part of it. Also because gypsies eyes are like a little close together and a little crossed. Yeah. And her teeth like stuck straight out, which I'm sure is from being poisoned all her they life. They said like the leukemia medication will fuck like make your teeth fall out of your fucking head. So she kind of has the look about her where it's yeah. like something could be wrong. And then it, what mother brings her baby in and is like, you know, Oh, Steven has it. Cute oh. <laughs> up. What's her name? Let's give her a... Um, Brienne is the one who sent us the picture. Thank and you, it's, Brienne. It's amazing. Also, when you look at this mother, you look at a person who used to, like in the beginning when they have her in the pageant, she was like, remember, she was Miss Pretty. Miss River Queen or something? Yeah, that was weird to me too, where it's like she clearly gave a, gave a big shit about the way she looked. Yes. And it's almost like she had this other project now. And so she kind of let it go. Yes. She was living vicariously through her daughter's illness. So she was, she was eliciting that exact, like she wanted pity, sympathy. She wanted like an emotional connection, but she didn't believe she could have it the way she looked and on her own merit. Brianne, if it's cool with you, we're going to post this on Instagram. Steven, will you post this on Instagram because you know I fucking never will. Thank you. <laughs> it's um, such a good picture. Okay. The other show that I want to talk about, that you, I don't know if you've watched it, but I randomly watched it and you have to, and everyone has, especially if you're into fucking sociopaths, which who isn't? The mate, the Bernie Madoff documentary oh, with fucking Robert De Niro's Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Oh, okay. I know. I'm obsessed with the Bernie Madoff case anyways, and I know it's not murder and all this shit, but he's a sociopath. Yes. And so it's really interesting the way they kind of show. Oh, it's just such a tragic story. He might even be a psychopath too. Yeah. And yeah, it's so good. Oh, and then it's, um, what's her beautiful face as the wife? Uh, what's her name? Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. And she's great. Oh my God. It's, it's really fucking good. Everyone. Oh, okay. Cool. It's really fucking good. Cool. Um, and that's it for me. That's it for me. Let's get out of here. Bye bye. (sighs) My favorite murder shirts.com. I don't know. Uh, how are you? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have Australia. We're going to Australia and New Zealand. Go to my favorite murder.com slash live and we're playing it. We're playing? Do we play? We're. We're going to be in Australia, New yeah, Zealand. We're coming down to see you down there. So excited. Get your, um, throw something on the Barbie for me that is not shrimp. Oh, right. You hate shrimp. Uh, all seafood. Grill. Do they grill a lot there? Are we, are we making, do they hate us now? I think the Barbie is the grill. Right. Uh, so yes, it seems like that's a thing of theirs. Okay. They're like very beachy. I'm going to eat so much food when we go there. All right. Okay. Oh yeah. Who goes, should we? Should we talk about murder? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Me, Steven? It's all you. All right. Karen, you, yes. love, you love cults. Oh, fuck. Yes. Or yes. No. yes or no. Should I lean all the way back and stick my feet up in the air and just listen up? Because this is my favorite topic. Get comfy, girl. Mm-hmm. Actually, I found 
Yeah. <laughs> Nay, Karen. Karen you, leaping. You found what? I I, well, there was one quote that I wanted to do, and then it, I don't know why I never did it, but then I was just like, what are other... Because I'm not a big cult. I mean, I love Jamestown, obviously. Jonestown. <laughs> Jamestown? Clearly, I'm a big fan. I love Jamestown. <laughs> Jamestown. Jamestown? That's I, actually a, like a really nice little like retreat. <clears throat> it's a camp for children with issues. I, I believe Jamestown is like the first settlement in the colonies. Right. But I definitely could be wrong because... Um, I can't remember high school at all. So I wasn't in no way laughing at you yeah. for that part. But I do love, I love the old joke of I'm a huge fan of this and then say the say different thing. That's a, you just always go with that. I'm pretend happy. you did it on purpose. I love it. Listen, when I get shit wrong, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Jonestown is, I love it too, obviously because it came out of San Francisco yeah. and it's like when it, when it can be, I mean, that's as a hometown, it's just so epic. Just the amount of people who actually killed themselves is it's epic. Like I looked crazy. up heaven's gate, which I thought was really fascinating. That's a good one. Um, it's just fucking cool. Heaven's gate is so crazy too, because it's so sinister and yet dull. That's the weirdest part yeah. about it. It's like, we think we're going to go to a, a planet or a spaceship or whatever. Um, we like computers and we want to be androgynous and then we kill ourselves. The end. There's no blood. There's no. I think they killed some people. Like, Heaven's Gate? Yeah. Who like left. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. The thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll have to do it sometime. I really want to do Waco because I think it's way more complicated. I just, I kind of don't want to touch it because it's, I think it's pretty fucking inflammatory. Yeah. Literally. Like, <laughs> oh, that was... Uh, no, it is. Um, you're right, because I think the story everybody got initially was yeah. like, these lunatics, and they then it was like... They place on fire, and it's like, I don't think there was dead. Yeah, there was children in there. Yeah. There was children and, like, in there. You weren't letting them come out. Yeah, there's a lot to it. I think... Didn't Last Podcast on the Left do a Waco? I'm sure they did. I'm they did. sure they did it beautifully. Okay. Anyhow. This is the Fall River's cult murder. Ooh. Ooh, had never heard of it. Mm-mm, never heard of it. Okay. An hour outside of Boston, the town of Fall Rivers, Massachusetts. Got that one right. <laughs> uh, in the 1970s, there was a crazy fucking recession. We, they had the gas shortage. You had to wait in line. And what was it? You could only get gas on certain days, depending on when your license plate yep. ended and whatever it was. Number. So it was like odd days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I yeah. mean, odd numbers, Monday, whatever. I remember waiting in line with my dad at the, I believe it is now a shell on Petaluma Boulevard, uh, what was South. it? Gas and go or something? It was a <laughs> something good. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't remember what it was, but it was like we were out in the street, like out in the different street waiting yeah. for it to get into Jesus. the gas station. I've done that at Costco before, but not. Yeah. <laughs> Think of that, but everyone's broken out of a job. Right? Yes. Yes. Pre Costco, there's the idea of even buying wholesale was like inane. Yeah. Everyone was broke. Yeah. So 1970s. Uh, Fall River Rivers is hit super fucking hard. Factories closed, buildings abandoned, all that stuff. So like Main Street is empty, which just led to a crazy seedy underground of drugs and sex working to flourish. Yeah. Um, so the first victim of the Fall River murders, can you, Stephen, can you look up if it's Fall River or Fall Rivers? I don't want to get punched in the face for this. <laughs> don't edit this out either. I just want everyone to know that I'm crossing my eyes and dotting my T's. I don't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> Things go. have gotten kind of intense over here. I know. And my favorite murder. We've been threatened because we don't know state abbreviations. Is there an S or is there not an S? There's the Worcester the- people have come after us. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, there's, there's no S. It's Fall River. Okay. Mm. So everyone calm down. <laughs> Got this right. Because I've written it both ways. Okay. The first victim of the Fall River murders is... Wait. Seven- Fall Rivers or Falls River? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, fuck. You know what? I'm going to say both ways. <laughs> no. Falls Rivers murders. <laughs> it gets sad now, so let's... Okay, sorry. Be cool. 17-year-old runaway Doreen Levesque. She had escaped her New Bedford foster home, and she got out of there and went to Fall River and turned to sex work to survive. 17 years old. Oh, Jesus. And like, also fucking f- every story yeah. you hear about foster homes... Obviously, they're a good 
foster parents out there and all yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But man, oh man, like I have a friend who grew up in several foster homes and it's just like one horrible story after the other. It's just that thing of like, well, can you imagine if, if working on the street and sex work is the better alternative than living with your foster family? Yeah. That's like that. You can imagine what that must be like. Horrible. Not that there aren't great foster parents out there. In fact, I want to be one one day, but not in the 70s. <laughs> there no. wasn't. Okay. She was, so her body is found on October 13th, 1979 under the bleachers at the local high school. Mm. Yeah. Her wrists had been bound with fishing line and she had been stabbed in the head Ugh. several times and her face had been beaten so bad that she was unrecognizable. Um, then a month after she had been found, a man named Andy Maltias goes to the Fall River Police Station. He wants to file a missing persons report for his girlfriend. Uh-huh. They won't do it. Ah. Fucking, there's a twist. Okay. Oh. <laughs> a 22-year-old sex worker, that's who she is, Barbara Raposa, he tells her that he's scared for her safety, and then he starts to randomly mumble something about a satanic cult. And he says he has information relating to the uh, other murder of Doreen Levesque. Whoa. Yeah. So he is a very mentally unstable creep. He's a pedophile, a sex sadist, and a violent rapist. Um, and when he's questioned by the police, he told them that there was a satan satanic cult operating within the Fall River area and the sex worker community. So that whole community of drug addicts and sex workers. Jesus Christ. Are fucking Satanists. And this is during the satanic panic. Remember that? Yeah. Which is like the stupidest thing. But then there were sat Satanists. Who knew? Well, also, uh, it's a violent rapist reporting. Like, yeah. <laughs> how bad does it have to be? Yeah. Once again, it, that's just crazy where it's like, I'm, I'm the worst person and I'm going to go to the police because this is this bad. I'm so worried about my girlfriend. Oh. And I, yeah. So, okay. Then Karen Marsden, she's a 20 year old single mother. She's a drug addict, teenage runaway. It was a teenage runaway. She's also working as a sex worker. She comes forward because she's afraid for her life. She tells the police that the local pimp, Carl Drew, was the ringleader of this satanic cult and that he was responsible for the murders, the murder. Excuse me. She felt that she knew too much and was too. Uh, inside the close-knit circle of the satanic group to remain safe. So she's fucking terrified. The uh, police offer her protective custody for her cooperation, but she denied it. She didn't want it. Uh-oh. Who knows why? I mean, I'm sure. She doesn't trust the cops. And she's a drug addict. You don't make the best fucking decisions right. when you're on drugs. And also, if you're trying to do drugs, you don't want a cop around him right. like, protecting you. Right. So you're like, I just need to get high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Drew, let's talk about Carl Drew, the woman, the man he, she fingered for the murder. <laughs> Listen. Look. Listen, you guys said it. I didn't. <laughs> you guys are gross. Steven, play back that tape. <laughs> <laughs> this is a murder podcast. I know. Please. I know it. All right. Carl Drew, 25 years old. He's from New Hampshire. He'd been raised on a small farm. And the story is that he had a childhood of hard labor and physical abuse. He told a story later of his alcoholic father tying a rope around his ankles and lowering him down a well to remove a cluster of dead rats. 
Oh no! Yeah, you why come face if, to face if, with that shit? W- and also, l- fucking leave them there. You why know can't what? they be in the well? They'll uh, dis- what's it called when things they'll degrade? Yeah. yeah, totally. Leave them in the well. How about you pour some goddamn battery acid down that well? And your kid? Yeah. Well, in addition. He lived on the farm, so he was taught to butcher livestock, and he got the job of cleaning the farm's slaughter pit. Again, send that kid in there. Dang. He had to wade through rotting carcasses in order to separate the hides and hooves for rendering, which you know, all of that just smelled so horrific. I mean, and you would smell like that for days. For days. Well, this is... This is like if I were Gwyneth Paltrow and I was like, it was hard for me too. I made bone broth recently. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Steven, cut that out. No, My no, whole house say, smelled. It, say it. Well, you have to, you have to boil the marrow bones for like 48 hours and it just gets this smell. Yeah. That is so horrific and not good. Yeah. Did that smell like linger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then when I ever, like, I can't drink it now because it's so disgusting. Listen, oh, no. You have to have somebody everyone. else make your Yeah. Bone you broth. buy it. I know it's expensive. Yeah. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> but you guys look it up. If you have gut issues, bone broth is really good for you. Anyways. Ba, 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 ba. Where was I? Da, 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 da. At 14, he runs away to Fall River. He eventually becomes a pimp and he's a Satanist and he uses Satanism to terrify the um, sex workers who worked for him. Yeah. He had a felony record, convictions for assault, weapons, possession and armed robbery. So he's a real great dude. He claims later to be the son of Satan. Okay. Which like, who knows? Did he, did Satan have kids? Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I do too. Like, did they change, did Satan change diapers? I mean, I, I bet he <laughs> wasn't a good father, was he? Like, she woke, the wife woke up and was like, it's your turn. It's your turn. And he's like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, Satan. You're fucking Satan. Yeah. I have to do it again. Yeah. Uh, the son of Satan. Yeah. Okay. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, most people claim to be Satan. Right. Isn't that more of the thing? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He makes the sex workers participate in his animal sacrifices and tells them that the same thing would happen to them if they disobeyed him. So he wasn't one of those nice pimps that everyone talks about. Or nice Satanists. Or nice Satanists. <laughs> there are nice ones. I mean, they well, do also, seem Satanists. That's fine. I mean, whatever. Yeah. They're chilled out. Yeah. Uh, it seems just like a tool to control people. It's just yes. a f- using fear. Like, this is the thing you're scared of. Yeah. I'll use this symbol. Yeah. <clears throat> and it'll control your behavior. And I'm on all the meth. All <laughs> yes. the fucking, like, Fall River meth, which yeah. is probably not. No, listen. that's the good stuff. Yeah. No yeah. offense to them, but. um, So the Fall River cult, they had, like, maybe up to 10 members. They're all associated with the Fall River sex trade. So between 1979 and 1980, they held a bunch of ceremonies deep in the local woods, <laughs> which sounds creepy. And during the seances, uh, this guy, Carl Drew, would speak in different a different voice and in different languages. And everyone who had been there was like, no, he it wasn't gibberish. He was speaking another language. Wow. Which is like, all right. Um, did he know Spanish? <laughs> yeah. Had he gotten the Rosetta Stone um, CD? I know Pig Latin. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm speaking in another language. And we, you and I speak in a different voice whenever we do fucking ads. That's right. So you can do lots of voices. I'm not, I'm color me not impressed <laughs> with this. Carl. Carl. Carl, you fucking nerd. Carl. 
He's still alive, so let's Whoops. not. Okay. Stephen, edit that out for sure. <laughs> Don't edit this whole story out. I forgot to mention he's still alive. Okay. Uh, first, the rituals rituals involved sex and drugs, but then things took a turn when he was like human sacrifice time. Oh no, no. Okay, the second victim is Barbara Raposa, who's 22, uh, another known sex worker. Her body's discovered by, oh, here's horrible. A man is out walking his dog in the forest. It's a beagle. Picture it. Yes. Uh, he, his dog starts sniffing around and like starts to kind of chomp on something. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's just an animal because she was so unrecognizable that he didn't realize it was a human. Was the full body or just a part? I think it was a full body. Oh, man. Like in, But in the bushes, you know what I mean? Yes. So that poor dog and that poor man, do you think that dog, he ever let the dog lick him on the face again? I think he probably put that dog down. Yeah. Once I get a taste. <laughs> it's so dark. I know. But it really is not to be hacky and say the same thing we say all the time, but it's like, what is, I yeah. understand there's a benefit of going into the forest if you have a large group and you're there to really hike it up and be a team sure. or whatever. Walking alone with your dog in the forest, I feel like there's only a couple things that can happen to you and they're bad. Like your dog doesn't care if it's on the forest or a sidewalk of a fucking suburb. Right. Why? It's like not that your dog's more stoked when he goes into the, why are you? And then at the same time, mm-hmm. I have to be totally honest and say, I am jealous of that guy because because <laughs> he gets to do that. Because oh, just that moment was must have been horrifying and like just it's just a seminal moment. It's a watershed moment. I wonder. I wonder. I don't ever want to know. I wonder. Here's what I wonder: Are seminal and watershed synonyms, or did I just say two different things? Seminal is like, yeah, no, but they're yeah, they're like. Explaining a a defining moment. Right. You just said it in better words than defining. Sometimes I just pick a word out and say it, whatever my brain offers. You sounded like a thesaurus. (laughs) Jesus, I can't say thesaurus. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Okay. She had been, so Barbara Raposa, she's been badly, okay. She's got her hands bound. Uh, she's face down. She's on a flat stone that resembles an altar. Uh-huh. She had been so badly beaten again that her skull was crushed. There were stab wounds to her head again. Um, and yeah. So then on February 1980, the cult's third victim was killed. This is 22-year-old, who you may remember her name, Karen Marston. Oh, no. The woman who had gone in because she was afraid. So, oh, no, I sorry. I had immediately assumed it was the missing woman. But this is the one who fucking showed up herself. Yeah. Ugh. The one who went in. She's a 20 year old single mother, uh, drug addict. And she feared for her life. She's the one who came in and said no thank you to victims protection. Ugh. So she is 20. Uh, da, 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 da. She's the one who comes forward. So she had been present, it turns out, at that first murder of a uh, Doreen Levesque. Mm-hmm. So she had been there. So that's how she was, why she was afraid. Yeah. Um, and it terrified her so much that that's why she went to the police. And Carl, uh, what's his last name? Drew found out about it. Yeah. So her head was beaten with a rock. Then, according to the story, Drew then broke her neck with his bare hands. And according to someone else who had been there, it was a cult devotee. She, devotee? Mm-hmm. Devotee. 
devotee. I she was devoted. Uh, and sex worker. She's 17 year old Robin Murphy. And she was there. And according to her, Drew handed her a knife and ordered her to slit Karen's throat. Whoa. So sh- then he, he p- cut an X into her, into Karen's chest. Do you want me to say her last name instead of Karen? No, it's fine. Troubling. Okay. Uh, and he used the blood to put an X on uh, this Robin Murphy's forehead. Then they played around with this head. Ugh. Yeah. Drugs, drugs, drugs. That's drugs. all I can think. Can you imagine not even just the detachment of being able to kill someone, but then to have a human head in front of you and not... Like, I feel like I would pass the fuck out of seeing that. Of course you would. You would be in total shock. I mean, you would be... It's horrifying. Well, clearly, like, if I see someone get hurt, I am empathetic because I understand what getting hurt is and I see it and I can identify with it. So, like... You're really underlining this point that you're not a sociopath. So, I'm a really good... (laughs) Yawn right now. Yawn. I'll fucking yawn, too. (sighs) See? In case you're a new listener, that's the test of a sociopath. If you yawn and the person doesn't yawn too, then they don't have empathy for you. It's just this automatic response. No, I mean, I, but I understand what you're saying. It's just so gross, even that we're talking about yeah. it, much less to witness it, be a part of it, Ugh. take part in it. It doesn't, it just defies logic. And the fact that not only is there one person who does it, but you'll know someone else who's cool with it too. Like the fact that there can be two people, because I feel like that'd be one in a million people. Yeah. But I guess they all live in Fall River. <laughs> do, do, do. Okay. Uh, so only. Oh, wait. A telegram just arrived. It's everyone who lives in Fall River. They're super <laughs> pissed at us. They're suing us for defamation. They said Twitter's not fast enough. We needed to let you know oh. how livid we are. It's actually a, it's a clown and it's a singing telegram. <laughs> But he's got a bloody X on his head. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so only her skull was ever found. And the reason they found it is because she had had X-rays of her head, which I'm like, she had, they said she had sinus issues. Oh, so there was something to compare. Like yeah. they knew who it was. Yeah. Got it. Which is crazy. So finally a break comes in the case. They, uh, the police had wiretapped the phone hoping that they would find Carl Drew speaking about the murders, but it's not him. It's the 17 year old girlfriend, Robin Murphy. And she is a sex worker and aspiring pimp. So she's talking. Um, and it turns out that, that she was saying that 25 year old Drew was not the ringleader, but that she was, that Rob, 17-year-old Robin Murphy is. Huh. Robin Murphy contacts police, and she offers to testify against Andy Maltias. Remember the guy who went in because he was the worried boyfriend? about his girlfriend? Yeah. yeah. Um, as a witness to the murder of his girlfriend. So he killed his girlfriend and then went looking for her, is her story. Oh, like, so it was a setup, basically. Yeah. He was trying to make himself look innocent. Maybe, unless Robin's lying. Okay. She also claimed to be present for the Doreen um, Levesque murder, and she agreed to, t- to turn state's evidence in that case. She was like, I'll tell you everything. In exchange, she gets a deal where she's placed in protective, protective custody, and he's, she gets immunity in both murders. They, they Even though she was do that. there for them. And, yeah. That's, and they don't know if she was involved. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a dream. Like, that's basically her going, here's what I wish I could have. (laughs) And they're like, granted. Yeah. 
Um, so the story she gave police was that Andy Matias killed his girlfriend, Barbara Raposa, because he found out that she'd been cheating on him with another man. Um, so he goes to trial first and based mostly on the testimony of Robin Murphy in January 1981, he's convicted of the first degree murder of Barbara Raposa, given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Um, and he is later considered to be a suspect in a few other unsolved area rapes dating back to the early 70s, but no additional charges are ever brought against him. He and then later he's found to be clinically insane, but they still didn't overturn the verdict or give him a new trial or anything like that. But he ended up dying of cancer in 1998. Wow. In prison. Wow. So then Robin is allowed to plead to the lesser charge of second degree murder in exchange for her testimony against everyone. And they keep the immunity deal that she had um, going and she received no additional charges in connection with either of the other two murders. So she's only getting uh, charged with the mur- the last murder of Karen. So basically it was like whoever runs forward first and says, I will like snitch on everybody else is the person who gets the deal. I think so. And like I'll hear about plea deals where they're like they agree the you know, the attorneys whatever. I don't know. They agree to the terms of taking a plea only if the information matches up. Yeah. So if they end up. They would agree to them if this thing is the case, if this thing is true, which we should totally have Guy back on and ask him about. Yeah. Because that seems much more, you know, uh, what's the word? Makes much more sense than just being like, okay, anything you say. No, no. I think, isn't that always the rule? that The, the thing that you say has to then um, basically uh, solve the crime and be the thing that convicts the person. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, we should definitely have a guy back. Or like saying that their involvement is, is this, that has to be true. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll testify, here is my involvement. But if later it turns out that that involvement isn't true, that you lied about it. I don't know. What's this guy? No, it, it wouldn't be that because that's like, then they would be planning for the person right. to lie. Which like they could find anything. To, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, what a boring part of a show where we're like, we don't know anything about the law, but let's say what we feel. Definitely. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's me going, I don't think it's that, but not based yeah. on anything other than my, just my gut. I didn't go to law school, yes. but I bet there's a really simple explanation to this. <laughs> let's keep talking let's about keep it. Out. Listen, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm a lawyer. And a psychologist. I'm a psychologist. <laughs> it's great. I'm a cat. Mm-hmm. I'm also a cat. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay, so this chick, uh, Murphy, received, or her name, what was her name again? Robin Murphy's, uh, she received a life sentence with the possibility of parole. She spends 24 years in jail, in prison, and then she's released on June 10th, 2004. But thank God she violated her parole and she goes to prison seven years later. Huh. She's currently serving her time in a maximum security prison in Massachusetts. And in 84, she recants the entire story. Huh. She says none of it is true. She's trying to get a new trial. It doesn't happen. She's eligible for parole in March 2017, which if you look at your calendar was like two months ago and they're reviewing it right now. Hold on. So in saying that the whole story is not true is what she's saying that the satanic cult part's not true or she's saying that her part in the murder isn't true. I think what she's saying is that the people she is fingering for the crime yeah. didn't actually do it. Wow. She doesn't. It's not true. Got it. I don't know exactly if she gave an alternative story. I couldn't find anything on that. So 
Carl Davis, who's the who's a different Carl, okay. who's involved with the slaughter, with the murder of Karen Marsden, he doesn't ever stand trial for it. In the following year, he's arrested for assaulting a woman named Sunny Sparta. And according to the statement by Carl Drew, the other guy on his, wait for it, personal blog, <laughs> who, he's still in prison. He's a blogger? Yeah. <laughs> It said that Carl Davis beat up this three-month pregnant woman, Sunny, stabbed her in the head with a knife, and be- only because she had information implicating him, Carl, Carl Davis, Davis, and the woman, Robin, and that Carl Drew had nothing to do with it, but she was too scared. This woman, Sunny, was then too scared to testify. Jesus, that just keeps happening with these people. Yeah. So there's some really convoluted, crazy shit going on. It kind of makes sense, though, that they wouldn't be involving this truly right. satanic, scariest person. Well, he's right. if he's not in prison. Yeah. Right. It's, it's almost like that usually happens where they manipulate everybody into doing what they want yeah. the whole time. And then everyone else takes the fall. Well, look, they're proving that it's proven a couple times that they kill people who snitch. Yes. And if Carl Drew is the killer, then they could talk. But because he's locked up. But if the dude who actually did it isn't locked up, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, that really seemed like it was going somewhere. It was. You get it. Like, I don't even need to finish it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just I'm just talking. So. um, but, 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 OK, so for that stabbing, he served seven years and he's now free. This guy, Carl Davis. Fuck. OK, getting to the There's end. There's a bunch of bad Carls in that area. Dude, bad Carl. So many bad Carls. Um, all right. So the case of the first chick, Doreen Levesque, never goes to trial because the district attorney is like, it would cost too much and it would be futile because he already has, Carl Drew already has a life sentence. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. Well, it's called, uh, justice. <laughs> I never got the word. Um, all the charges against. Okay. Anyways. Okay, so people still think that the actual ringleader and the murder isn't Carl Drew, but is Robin. Um, the 17 year old wannabe pimp girl. Well, according to, according to this blog that he writes, which I read it, and it's actually, it's pretty, it's good. It's like he's, he is pissed off about his trial. He like goes down the breakthrough of what happened and, you know, all this like prosecutor intimidation to the witnesses to, to, you know, testify against him and uh he says that her iq was 138 she was incredibly smart and manipulative um and the the uh attorneys don't want to admit that they got fooled by a 17 year old girl (laughs) apparently just real quick so do you think robin and carl like went to the iq place one day together (laughs) and just like took some tests and were like oh my god what did you get what'd you get oh my god what'd you get they just both went online and did one of those like take the iq test and they have to put your email address in so it's so annoying to get it you know those and like you've gotten to the end of it and you don't want to give them your email address but like but you have to to find out you went you took 10 minutes out of your yeah when you were supposed to be working. I just love that he, he he had her IQ right there on hand. Well, he said that they gave it to her when she went into prison, which I don't think they do. How would he know that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> just because he has a blog, let's not give him all this credit. All of a sudden, he's the greatest. <laughs> 
I think every blogger is the greatest. You know that about me. The minute I find out someone has a blog, I'm it's, like... You relate because you're also a blogger. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. they're, they must be really smart. Oh, my God. My kindred, my kind. My kind. My people. So they think that Robin acted alone or at least the mastermind and that Drew is actually totally innocent. Um, but he's convicted of first degree murder and uh, for Karen's murder and serving life in Massachusetts. No possibility of parole. Then, so Robin ends up recanting her statement. Um, she claims she lied about the whole thing and that, uh, Carl Drew wasn't even involved. She says he wasn't even involved. Um, and three witnesses come forward who had testified against him that they had been pressured by the prosecution to testify and that they actually wanted to testify for him, but they got too scared and didn't. And so, sorry. So then according to that story, it's the other bad Carl. It's. I, or it's no, it's, it's a Rob, mystery person. It's a mystery. It's maybe Robin and this other Carl. Who knows? I don't know exactly, but Robin is definitely a mastermind in it. And uh-huh. so who knows who else she worked with, but. That's kind of an amazing movie right there. Yeah. You get it. One of those fanning girls. <laughs> Cast them. It's like. Dakota. Who else is there? There's Dakota. L. There's L. I'm sure there's others. So talented. Back at the house. Yeah. They have to lose a lot of weight. <laughs> So they get an Academy Award for it. Is that what they get? Emmy? <laughs> uh, yeah. If we make, if we make it for TV, if it's an HBO thing, okay. then I would definitely be an Emmy. Definitely. Um, but I, that idea is just like amazing. Who done it? Who done it? Was it a 17 year old running the whole show? Or was it the fucking 25 year old pimp who had to wade through carcasses of animals? Really? Also, it's just so. Uh, it's fascinating. I would love to know how many people were like at those. Was it just as straight up? We took her into the woods and killed her or did they go ceremonial? And was it this big creepy thing? Like, it just seems like now I really want to know what the actual story is. Was it like, were they taking advantage of satanic panic and like putting it all under that? Yeah. Like what the hell? I just can't imagine someone really believing in Satan. Like he never, Oh, well, hello. He never Welcome answers to the back. Catholic church. Oh. I was going to be like, it's not like you can believe in it because he talks to you. But then I'm like, oh, that's what people think about Jesus and God. I mean, in a lot of things. Yeah. Unicorns. Uh, blogs. Blogs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's talking to me. Um, well, the, the happy ending of the story is that he has a blog. <laughs> and anyone can. And that blogs forgive you no matter what you do. Listen, go to Blogspot. Start yourself a URL. <laughs> what about Angel Fire? Isn't that one? What's wasn't that? that? Wasn't that a blog spot? What is Steven? it? Steven, what's what Angel is. Fire? Yeah, it was a it was a blog website. It's it's shut down, but it's all archived, so you can still find your old. But what is websites. it? Websites, uh, just like a hosting. Oh, your it's oh. Like a, site. It's a hosting program, yeah, like Blogspot. That was the first. My friend had a blog where she would just rant and talk full shit constantly, <laughs> and it was like bloody blah angelfire.net or whatever it was. And I just thought it was I was so new, and the, it was the beginning of the internet mm-hmm. that I thought Angel Fire was like where all blogs took place. I was like, oh, Angel Fire, that's amazing. And then later on, when that didn't exist anymore, I was like, oh, there's blogs other places. Like, it, yeah. It, I just thought it was the that one spot. Yeah. Well, and then blog spot became that one spot. Mm-hmm. They got a little smarter. They 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 went secular with it. They sure. didn't, they knew it don't involve angels in this or fire. It sounds satanic. Yeah, that whole concept is a bit much. It's a bit beyond. Like we don't even believe that, and we believe in blogs. 
<laughs> They're not true. What if blogs were a myth? Like blogs were like unicorns. Like I don't think they ever existed. And someone's like, yes, they did. There's proof. I could print it up. And they're like, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I believe in blogs. <laughs> um, My wow. blog is fucking gone from the internet. So nobody tried to find it, by the way. Oh, you, took you erased mother- it? I took it down because I read it recently and I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Was it just like your diary, like your daily thoughts? <sighs> no. It just, was a give little me more. A con- just give me a taste of it. Okay. I, like I would write really lovely, flourishy, gorgeous tales of, um, you know, my life. But then one of them was about my car getting broken into. Oh. Were you there, Stephen? No. Uh, yeah. It was just like, it was just such. Were a- you there in the '90s with me, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, Stephen, you were there at my blog. I meant like I did a reading recently and read one because it was so stupid. But oh, oh, uh, yeah, okay. it was like a 27 year old girl who wanted to sound fucking what's the word worldly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Stop it, 27 year olds. I mean, that's that's what 27 year olds were built for. That's what the blogs were built for. Is yeah, 27 year old. It's my sound though. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. amazing. Enough about me. Um, Let's talk about murder. God, I wish, uh, I guess, I bet you that's such a frustrating part of being a part of the legal system is so much lying. <sighs> like you just are like, we had this whole thing set up and you promised me it was the truth. Now we're going for with this story. Yeah. And now, and then four years later, you're like, I lied about all of it. And it's like, you're, you're like, I we mean, went off of that entire thing. Maddening. Wouldn't it be great if like, People stop lying. <laughs> I mean, or if they found like in the same way as you can get a, like a fingerprint mm-hmm. analyzed, you can somehow accurately get a lie detector, like a lie detector, a lie detector not, test. It's not those don't I work, know. though. They're 50 50. I wonder if people if they came up with isn't there a truth? Isn't there like a truth serum powder? Well, they, they can inject you with truth serum, but doesn't necessarily mean you will tell the truth. And if, if you're I don't know a lot about that, what's that? I don't know a lot about that. About truth serum. I think it's like a. It chills you out. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Why am I talking right now? It's you called- tell us doctors and, and chemists. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. I want to say it's sodium pentothal, but I think that's poison. No, no, I think is it is right? sodium pentothal. Did I get that? Steven, do you think it is? Oh my God, I'm going to be so impressed with myself. I got that. Um, I think you're right. Dude. Yeah. I'm fucking. But smart. I think there are people who can beat it, who can game it when they sure. know it's going to happen. Well, when you don't care about anything, you can't do it. You can trick it. Trick also, I think it's. I think the reason they don't use it more is because they can't just shoot up whoever they want. Yeah, I think I was going to say that it must be uh, against rights somehow. I bet it is. And <laughs> <sighs> everyone stop lying. I mean, I'll I'll start with me. <laughs> What is it, Stephen? Um, sodium pentothal mm-hmm. is used to induce comas, uh, anesthesia, yeah. um, euthanasia. Oh, nope. Yeah, and, that's the euthanasia. That's a... And, oh, nope. Truth, oh. truth serum. <gasps> yep. There we go. Yeah. Uh, it's still used in some places as a, as a truth serum to weaken the resolve of a subject and make them more compliant to pressure. It's called wine. Try it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. That's what like, wine does. Six wine coolers. <laughs> Watermelon wave. (laughs) Bartles and James strawberry. Strawberry. What was, what's that one wine that's like strawberry flavored wine? Oh, what is it called? It's like super cheap and shitty. Blue Nun? No. I don't know what that is, but you'd know it. Uh, Thunderbird? Night Train? Night Train. No. 
Someone's yelling it at home. Yeah. Anyways. Someone's drinking it at home. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta hope. You gotta hope. Okay, mine this week I picked because I like doing these ones where I can remember hearing about it or some kind of... Yeah, I love those. Right? Some kind of thing where you're like, wait, what was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get to talk about this. So I had this... um, I can't remember if whatever I was watching or thinking of, but it was like, because this isn't there, there was a murder in it, but it was more of a hostage crisis. Ooh. So this is, um, that scared the shit out of me. Uh, the man's name was Murdad Dashti and it was the 1990 Berkeley hostage crisis. <gasps> Do you remember this? No. 1990. You were blogging. <laughs> no, you were too young back then. Were you? It was just called diarying then back then. Were you? <laughs> I was 10 in 1990. So no. I didn't even know how to write yet. Can you write a 10? You could write cursive. I oh, bet. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you could write a nice paragraph about like what I did this summer. Yes. Mm-hmm. With some good $10 words in it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I was 20. So I was in San Francisco. Oh, so you were fucking there for it. You no, almost... sorry. I was I was in Sacramento. You could, it could have been you. I moved. Yeah, I moved to San Francisco when I was 22. So I was Sacramento. So I wasn't like right across the bay, but we were close by. Right. And it was on the news. This is, this was so crazy because they, when this happened and the news found out about it, they went live on Mm. the news. Okay. So this is basically what happened. Um, it's September 26, 1990, just before midnight. Um, and a 29 year old, Iranian male uh, named Murdad Dashti and his friend decided to go to Henry's public house, um, which is the lo- in the lobby of the Durant Hotel, uh, one block south of uh, the Berkeley campus uh-huh. in Berkeley, California, across, right across the Bay Bridge from San Francisco. Um, so uh, Murdad Dashti had told his friend he had he went to Berkeley um, for. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye three years earlier he had graduated with an engineering degree and he didn't get a job like he had um he came from iran and obviously was super smart mm-hmm. got into berkeley mm-hmm. which no and one i knew could do <laughs> no um and 
got this engineering degree, but then when he got out, couldn't get a job that was like, he didn't get an engineering job or he had this, these dreams of like, now yeah. I'm in America and now I'm going to get a really awesome high paying job. Um, so he couldn't get it. And he was, he like started doing, um, uh, handyman work Ooh. and it was, you know, very much beneath him, but he needed the money. Yeah. Um, he had also gotten married, uh, I think it was the year before he graduated and his marriage like kind of crumbled. And the, <clears throat> the more he wasn't finding a job and the less money they had and stuff, um, the more controlling he was with his wife and his wife was like, see you later. Money issues. Yes. Bad news. Yeah. So he ends up in this apartment alone and, uh, and he was later on, the police found out that he was schizophrenic. He was a paranoid schizophrenic. Wow. So he had started to hear voices, but he wasn't, he didn't deal with it in any way. Mm -hmm. He, he just was listening to the voices, fighting with the voices. He was living in that world, but he didn't ever go, um, get any kind of mental help or yeah. medical help yeah. for that issue. So. That night on December 26th, he tells his friend he wants to go to a bar where a lot of blonde white women will be. And huh. so his friend decides that they should go to Henry's and Henry's was this, it was really close to the campus. So a lot of, um, sorority, uh, girls and frat boys would go there. And it was just like this super popular bar. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. Oh, sorry. A lot of this I got from uh, a show um, that I found online that's an ID channel show called Deadly Demands, hmm. season one, episode five. Um, and they had actually in this show a lot of this live footage mm. that was from KPIX. No way. I don't know if you remember Channel 5 in San Francisco, no, I was in the Bay Area. KPIX is the local news, local TV channel. Do you know their jingle? KPIX, no. Okay. I could... Um, Channel 2 was the one we watched the most, mm -hmm. which was KTVU. Uh, they had KTVU? a whole song about, yeah, there was only one, two was their That's like slogan. Cute. Isn't that good? There's only one, two. There's only one, two. I fucking love that. And in the late seventies, early eighties, when the San Francisco Giants only ever lost, like they never <laughs> won a game ever, uh -huh. there was a like a 15 second promo that they would run during the cartoon time and like after school, like four mm -hmm. o'clock or whatever. And it was just like the, the most janky early eighties graphics of a baseball player swinging a bat. But the, as he swung, it was just like flash animation where the yeah. colors changed into like a, like, um, brown and yellow rainbow. So it'd be, he would swing and it'd be like brown, light brown, yes, tan, yes. yellow, orange or whatever. And the song that played underneath it was, come on, giants, hang in there. Oh my god! How fucking pathetic is that? That's our new thing. <laughs> Come on, when we're Karen. feeling low, hang in there. Come on, Georgia, <laughs> hang in there. We used to. My sister and I used to sing it to each other all the time. I love it. I love it. One because it's fucking hilarious and horrible. Two because you're singing and you have a great voice, so it's like, like <laughs> it's good. Like if I tried, it wouldn't be good. Uh, well, also it's and that, it's so tacky. It's so ugly. It, Everything's brown. It doesn't. It's brown, and it's the kind of thing like you would never see it these days because no. it's like no, don't don't cheer on your losing team <laughs> by basically going don't quit baseball. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, like don't walk off the field. Yeah, don't give up. So anyhow, there, see, I told you it was going to be terrible. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. So props to KTVU, but this was KPIX. Okay totally different channel <laughs> um so they're in henry's um they call last call 
um, they're the, um, Dashti and his friend are sitting in the corner. And at one point, uh, his friend goes and goes up to get drinks. And Dashti goes, hold on, a, hold on a second. I'm going to go out to the car. He goes out to the car and he comes back with a briefcase. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so last call is called. Everyone's kind of like, they're like wrapping it up. And at one point, Dashi opens the briefcase, pulls out uh, a semi-automatic and just starts shooting it into the air. In the bar? In the bar. So there are uh, 67 people in the bar. Holy shit. At the time. And um, half of them run out. Um, Then uh, I think they said like eight people were shot in that time. So and then everybody else hits the floor. And kind of when the dust settles, he says, he yells to everybody, um, if you're hurt, you can leave right now. So weird. Yes. So there are like one woman in this and deadly, deadly demands. She, she got shot eight times and she didn't even know it. She was just like sitting there. What the fuck? Yes. And because it's an automatic weapon, because we fucking need right. automatic weapons in this country so fucking badly. Assault rifles. Everyone have one. <sighs> and this guy had many. Um, he, yeah, she got shot eight times and didn't, she said, I felt uncomfortable. And then I touched my side and I was bleeding. So she got up and walked out. What the fuck? She's totally probably. This is inf- making me feel much better though. About what? The pain that you probably... I always, like, think about the pain when you get shot. Yeah. Well, you... I think you go into shock. Like, yeah. she would go into shock because she didn't get shot Yeah. in any... She got... Luckily, it was, like, her side. Um, so, so, she, she got to leave. Out. And then there was a guy... They, he shot a guy right in the chest, a student. And two other guys went, can we please bring him outside because he can't go yeah. out by, outside by himself. And all she said, you can, but you have to come back. <laughs> So they all go outside. I seriously doubt they came back. Can you imagine? <laughs> You're like, I'm a man of my word. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here again. So, um, okay. So there's a cop, a patrol officer that's walking up and down the street and he's, um, like half a block away. He hears gunshots. He thinks it might be firecrackers, but he goes to look sure. and see what it is. And as he gets closer, he sees the people running out of the pub. He realizes then it's gunfire and he immediately calls it in. So, um, so there's cops and ambulances and everybody on the scene really quickly mm-hmm. because luckily someone was right there yeah. like the second it went off. Um, so there's, uh, they, they have the bar surrounded, you know, very quickly. The SWAT team is on site. Mm-hmm. And, um, so w- this is the amazing part. He, so, the hurt people leave he's got everybody else and he immediately makes everyone that's still in the bar line up against the windows that face the there's like a wall of windows that face the street Mm -hmm. and he's like everybody line up against the windows therefore they're blocking um the windows from the cops can't see and they can't shoot into the windows how scary for those people yeah where's his friend right now his friend ran out okay yeah. And his friend ran out, ran to the cops, said his name is this. He has these guns like I didn't know. Yeah. And he lives up the street. So then immediately the cops get a search warrant and they go into his apartment uh-huh. and they start discovering all the things that they eventually find out about him, which is hmm. he went to Berkeley. He's basically now living almost in squalor, divorced. Um, and he's written all these letters to the police, to the government 
basically saying, um, you owe me $16 trillion for the, um, psychic, uh, services that I've been providing for you. So he believes that the voices in his head are the American government telling him what to do. Wow. And he has been listening and obeying and now believes he should be compensated for what he's been doing. And it's so insane in the show. They show, um, two hours before he takes this bar hostage, he had called 911 in Berkeley and he's talking, and this woman is so calm and trying to get the information out of him. But he's basically saying in a very calm and rational sounding voice, he's saying, okay, so I just need the police and the government to pay me the money they owe me. Oh my God. Because they have been use, you know, I, my telepathy, they've been using it and they said they were going to pay me and I need that money. Did you listen to it? Yes. I didn't real. I thought it was a reenactment and then realized because everyone's so chill. Yes. They were, the woman was so professional and he was so calm that it was not a reenactment. Wow. And it was, it's the kind of thing where if I was a dispatcher, I don't know if I would have stayed on the phone with him as long as she did because it sounded like bullshit. It it went from reasonable to super crazy where you'd go, oh, this is a person playing a prank. It doesn't sound like a crazy yeah, person at yeah. all. He sounds very reasonable and like he just needs his money. And what he starts telling her is he needs money because he just got this letter saying he has to go to jail. And what had happened, what had happened was he... Uh, I think it was like three weeks before. I can't remember the timeline exactly, but he, because he had, didn't have a job because his wife left him because he didn't have any money. He had taken his car, driven into San Francisco and just smashed a bunch of really nice cars with his car. And he got arrested for it. He got caught after having done it. He basically probably went to like Pacific Heights or Knob Hill or somewhere crazy fancy and just like smashed all the Mercedes like parked on one street i mean wouldn't who wouldn't want to i bet it felt pretty great probably um as revenge but then here's the problem they arrest him they bring him into the police station and they do a strip search on him and for him already being in the mental state that he's in and also being a practicing muslim where being naked like they they made him strip naked and it was incredibly obvious i mean it'd be demeaning to anybody it doesn't matter what your religion is but the way they were saying it in this story it made it sound like it was in a religious way not very inappropriate for for someone yeah probably now there's like yeah i don't know so so that was part of it so um so when he one of his first demands so what he does is um once he gets everyone lined up against the wall he first asks he makes all the blonde pretty he says all the pretty blonde women in the bar come and stand in the center (gasps) so they do and he makes them strip and then there's no it's not in any of the like articles i found it wasn't it was definitely not in deadly demand but um i heard about this like it was things that people weren't that they weren't putting in the newspaper but basically after making these women strip he made the men in the bar basically sexually assault the women oh my god but no one had no one has that that was in this website i found that's like a police report thing but they do not go into detail at all and of course a lot of the men tried to block his view so they were pretending to be doing something that they weren't actually doing but then apparently there were things where he it was 
he made like them. Oh my God. But, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, it's the creepiest part of the story. And it's the part that I remember people talking about the most where Did it was they? like, talk what? about it. They're just person to person. Yeah. So who knows the urban legend right. element of it? Cause it's so salacious right. and gross, but also, um, the thing that I heard was that he made, somebody assault someone else with a carrot and he Ooh. talked about bugs bunny a lot like it was this like what one of his fixations fuck? but that to me that yeah. sounds like it could just as much be an urban legend as Definitely. it could be anything else that's like totally also, sounds like, like when have you seen a carrot in a bar lately right or did he bring it with him because it was part of his pl- like weird plan oh to humiliate? Like what would humiliate a person the most? Right. I don't know. It, any way you slice it, it's hideous totally. and disgusting, but they barely touch on it in the, in the TV show version. It's just the women standing there stripping and stripped and yeah. crying and like being humiliated that yeah. way. So then the next thing he says is he makes a guy take a bar stool and break out a window. And then the guy, he sits down against the wall is squatted down and he just makes this guy be his voice for him. So the guy, and you see this, they have news footage of this because this is, they went live on KPIX yeah. almost immediately. And you see the guy who's like a frat boy from the eighties. He's got like, yeah. you know, like the blonde hair parted on the side and the white shirt or whatever. Did he, Look scared or was he nervous? Too far away to see. But you can kind of just see that it's like an 80s outfit. And he's basically saying they want, he wants, um, police, he wants police chief Frank Jordan. Is it the mayor or the police chief? I think it's the police chief. Um, I have it here somewhere. Wants him to go on the news and take his pants off. He wants him to strip from the waist down and go on live TV. This is some dark mirror shit. Yes. Black mirror? Black mirror, yeah. This is some black mirror shit. But it's basically he wants he wants to humiliate the head of the police department the way he was humiliated. Yeah. And he wants it to be on TV. Yeah. Um, which finally there's a because I'd only ever heard of those demands that he had, and they just made it sound like, Can you believe that? It's like, no, there's fucking backstory to this. Yeah. He was there's a reason for it. There's oh, there is yeah. a logic to it. It's kind of like the center of the whole fucking thing. It really is. And also, why if you smashed your car into things, why did you have to get strip searched? Definitely. I mean, it's almost like were they Yeah. What was him yeah. or were they like he's clearly on some drugs? Right. When he or, was just schizophrenic. Or were, was it that time of like, was it racism? Yeah. Was it, was it some kind, what was happening? Definitely. Um, okay. So it, no, it is Frank Jordan. Frank Jordan was the, the uh, chief of police. Okay. So anyway, they're like, and they're, ba- he's basically saying he turned on the, um, TV in the bar and he's like, I want to mm. see it happening. So, the the it's driving the um negotiators crazy because he won't get on the phone and he won't talk himself because he's he knows if he stands up in front of that window they're going to oh, shoot him sure. so he will only talk through a proxy or you know whatever um uh so they're they can't negotiate that way so they're they keep saying like we need more time he's also demanding he demanded 16 trillion dollars what the um, he also wanted California, Nevada, and Oregon. Like, cause he, he want, he is like, I, this is what I'm owed. I've done oh all this God. work for you psychically. Yeah. You owe me this. Um, 
So anyway, they keep saying we need time or we have to, but that's when the negotiators and the police start to realize this is a very bad situation because we can't give him even some of what Mm -hmm. he needs. We can't even approximate a negotiation here. So this is going to go badly. Couldn't they have like lied? Well, but he wanted to see it on the news. He wanted to see it on his TV. Okay. So he wanted to see something actually happening. And they're like, there's, there will not be progress here. Right. So that all happens. It like basically in four hours. So it's now 4 a.m. And there's no progress. And he's getting really agitated. And he finally says, I guess I'm going to have to shoot somebody. (gasps) Which one of you is going to be the one that gets shot? Oh my God. And he's looking around this bar and it's, these are college kids. They're all people that are probably the oldest 23. Yeah. And they're looking at each other and one guy steps forward and says, I'll, you can shoot me. Yep. So then he says, can I go tell them what's about to happen? And the guy says, yes. So he goes to the window and says, I'm about to be, I'm about to be, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm about to be executed right now. And of course, the police are like, they don't know what to do because they don't have a clear, they yeah. don't have a clear in in any way. And it also was a part of it that the part of that was bad was that it was in this lobby of this hotel. So there's people in the hotel. Holy shit. And it's the middle of the night, but they know they're, they're like time is ticking away because at pretty soon, like by 7 a.m., this is, a college campus they're practically on campus so like they're not going to be able to keep people from coming closer and closer to the scene yeah so they know they're gonna have to do something about it soon oh my god um so the guy yells out the window nobody knows what to do this is on the news they have like they were showing this footage the kid walks back he says to the guy can i say a prayer and he the guy says yes and so the kid says a prayer they all are just sitting there like watching some of them close their eyes and then the guy shoots into the ceiling. And so when they, they said, um, these people being interviewed who went through this yeah. said like they heard all the noises that smoke clears and then he's still standing there. <gasps> so they realize that he's just trying, he's trying to prove that he means business, but he actually doesn't want to hurt or kill anybody. Right. Um, but he just feels like he's being pushed to the limit. That guy. Who volunteered. They don't say his name. I couldn't find his what? name anywhere. I know. Amazing. Martin Hardstark. What was my dad? Oh, my God. And what was your family? <laughs> my dad's like, oh, that was a crazy night at work. Yeah. Well, I used to go to a co-ed bars sometimes. <laughs> I took some night classes over at Cal. Yeah. That's I what know. he would call it. Cal. Uh, so so a, a couple of the women in the show say that they think that actually gave, made him feel very empowered and made him feel better so it it brought the level of tension down a little bit because it was like because he could choose who's going to kill him or not exactly right and he kind of chose the better thing but that's also from outside the cops freak out because they yeah. think someone someone yells I'm about to be executed yeah. and then there's gunshots um so uh it's so hard to hear these things and not think of like cell phones i know you know what i mean because you're like oh i wonder if someone had their cell phone open and was talking it's like there weren't cell phones 1990 there was nothing yeah it's so weird there's nothing it was such a bizarrely innocent time yeah in some ways yeah and then also um media wise very stupid because the fact that the news was running it live like people got to watch it as it happened 
was very bad. And, and then, it bolstered him probably because he was like now a big deal. And everyone was, that's that thing of like, don't say the killer's name, say the victim's names because that's what they want us to be famous. Exactly right. And it gave the police no control. Right. Whatever happened and whatever the newscasters decided to right. talk about was, was what was happening. So right. when the newscasters found out that he had been diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, they said it, he saw it, then he got all upset. Totally. Or so, he got, his wife left him or whatever. And yes. He, gets upset. <gasps> he sees it and then he's like, it's, it's more, and it's also feeding into his paranoid schizophrenic idea that, that the government is in his head. Yeah. All of the things that were happening were feeding Feeding into all his worst fears. Wow, that makes and, sense. And escalating yeah. it, essentially. Okay, so um, so they put snipers on the roof across the street. And at one point, they're like, because they're trying to, you know, now it's uh, it's 4 a.m. It's get, you know, it's been going on. So they decide that the snipers are like, these street lights are actually compromising our position here. If he looks out the window, he can see us sitting here. Mm-hmm. He might freak out. So somebody else decides to shoot out the street lights. Well, then he hears oh, no. Doshi hears that happening outside and and gets all agitated. Um, Jesus, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh that's when they said um he his mood starts to swing from he's like raged screaming going crazy to sitting quietly and mumbling to himself oh my god for like long periods of time um at 5 a.m he tells the bartender give everybody four beers Everybody drink and have fun. And one of the women being interviewed um, says, that's when we knew he was going to kill all of us <gasps> because he basically wanted it all to be okay for us when it happened. He felt like that it, it was clear that the plan was like, have your last four beers, have, have your like final oh, hurrah party. Oh my God. And that's when it got super scary. Um, oh, in that. So he has a briefcase just for the details in the briefcase. He has a large caliber revolver, two handguns, a fully automatic pistol. Um, oh, sorry. No, the, the handguns were one was fully automatic and one was semi-automatic. And then he has ammunition for all three. Mm-hmm. So he's just got, it's like they're, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's got a briefcase full of stuff. Um, as they're watching the news, the news reports, that the boy that he shot in the chest died at the hospital. Oh no. And, and Dashti starts going crazy, going, I didn't do it. I did not kill him. They're lying. They're, it, this is the government. They're lying. I didn't do it. And he's loses his shit. Oh my God. Um, uh, which I think is another really sad part about it. Cause it's like, he went in there, he had this big plan. He was gonna, he wanted to defile America's citizens. He wanted to do to America what America was doing to him, but he actually didn't. Yeah. Like actually deep down, uh, that, that he wasn't a killer really. Well, he wanted to do that, but he didn't, doesn't sound like, cause letting all the people who got hurt go is just such a, yeah go get help you know it's yeah it does it's not what like a you know psychopath would do or a person that's like i've got this plan and here's my perfect revenge it's like a person with a serious mental issue who's trying to fix the the complete abject desperation of his own life it's horrifying so anyway um so uh okay so 
he tells uh, one of the female hostages to go into to see if she can go find go into the kitchen, which is now dark and find a light switch like he wanted to go into the back room for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, she goes in there and then sees that there's an exit yeah. door and she gets the fuck out. Yeah, you do. And then she goes to the police and like reports everything that's going on um, and updates everything. And uh then another at f- around 4 a.m., another female hostage, she had moved into and hid in the dining room area. And she managed to open like an accordion style door that led to the hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. So she got out, too. Um, so then uh, around 615 in the morning, um, the rear kitchen door opens again. And a third female hostage who was sent into the kitchen to find a light. He will uh, not learn his lesson. Does <laughs> Yeah. He just wants that light so bad yeah. that he's not seeing his mistake. So she gets out too. So now there's 33 people still in the pub with him. Um, now the, the problem is again, because it's the nineties, there's no cell phones or anything. The whole phone system is the hotel's phone system. So it's, you know, that crazy thing of like, it's all the lines are connected to the lobby. So it took them that re a really long time to just go straight to the pub phone. Wow. So they finally start calling the pub phone and he won't answer it. And he's saying, they're just trying to get to me. They're trying to distract me. Um, and just not, not coincidentally, but by chance or whatever, the, is that the same? Um, the phone's cord couldn't stretch past the bar. Mm-hmm. So when the phone was ringing, he was like, bring it to me, but it couldn't reach where he was. So he would have had to get up and walk to the bar to answer the phone, which he believed was a trick. So mm. he makes a guy. Yeah, It's just one more thing where mm-hmm. it's like everything's feeding into his paranoia. So he makes a guy get on the phone. And again, by proxy, they're trying to negotiate, mm-hmm. which it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. and the guy is demanding, yelling stuff and whatever. And the proxy is kind of trying to say the calm version right. of what the guy is saying. Because he's like, I want $16 trillion for my mental telepathy services. It's all that stuff. Um, So they had basically, they knew they were at an impasse because they weren't going to be able to negotiate with him. They, there was no, they had, they had done everything that they could in terms of negotiation. So they knew now that the waiting strategy, that part was over because they had, they had to take some kind of an action. So they decided they were going to do, um, diversion tactics which is basically when the SWAT team goes in in two teams and one of the team rolls in like a flash canister and then the other team comes in from the other side so when they they uh it's 723 in the morning so they'd been there for fucking almost eight hours um they roll in the flash canister and um everyone starts screaming and the cops come in and they, the, the second team like opens the door and they're like, get out, get out, get out. Um, so some people are running and as the, he stands up from his place where he'd been, you know, like crouched against the wall and he starts moving toward a booth where he had all these people seated. And when the SWAT team saw him moving toward that group of hostages, they shot him. Um, oh they, God. they yelled for him to put the gun down yeah. or whatever, and he didn't, and he kept moving. And so they shot him there and then they got the rest of the hostages out and then they got Dashti into an ambulance and he died on the way wow. to the hospital. Um, yeah. And holy shit. Essentially the, uh, 
they the the news was using high power cameras they were monitoring police radios they were seeking public interviews um they were broadcasting um detailed and often uncooperated mm. information um the entire night and never thinking about what would happen and they actually um i'm not sure if it was kpix or a different news place but but they had they reported the SWAT team plan no. on the news. And the only reason Dashti didn't see it is because he had turned it to a different channel at that point. What just, the fuck? Just by luck. Because they were just basically, it was almost like it, having never been in that scenario before, they were like, let's go with the story. Let's keep. Pe-. It's the reason that like, it's the reason we are now in this 24 hour news cycle that is, that is captured Main. and poisoned the minds yeah. of so many people because the news does it for money and because they keep eyes on the screen. Yeah. And this was almost like one of the first versions of that and the wow. worst versions of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, to this, to date, uh, they say this incident, um, is one of the most significant hostage, uh, rescue, rescue op- significant and successful hostage rescue operations in u.s history wow yeah yeah i mean it's amazing that they were able to do that without anyone else getting hurt yes you know yeah they didn't shoot anybody or no no innocent bystanders but it's really crazy when in that show watching in the morning light when they when those people start finally start running and there's just SWAT people all the way up the street going like this and just people in 80s clothes fucking like booking it up the street. How have I never seen that? It's yeah. I'm just picturing the Columbine video, the footage of the kids getting out of the yeah and how scary that is. It's so so awful. That is so terrifying. You, you just gotta wonder what you would do in those like you personally would do in those situations. And as much as I'm like. It's the thing of like, well, those girls escaped, but like at what cost, you know, to right. like, cause you're always like, well, they're going to kill someone else because I escaped. But then they were able to probably tell police where he was crouched and what he was doing and what he. Yes. Yeah. What, like what this situation was inside. Also the girl that got shot eight times, her friends st- had to stay behind. So mm. she had all this guilt. She got to leave mm. and her friends were there. So she's like, um, you got you shot know, eight times, I think. Yeah, you got shot eight times. Yeah. You're, you're free and clear. But I mean, that's what a terrible scenario to even be in. Totally. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a, such a crazy fucking unbelievable thing that happened. Yeah. Well, fuck, man. Yeah. That's, that's a heavy a one. one. God bless. Amen. Okay. Positive thing this week? Positive thing this week. Go ahead. Okay. Um, last night, I got to see the movie The Big Sick, which our friends Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani made. And it was so lovely and such a great romantic story that isn't shitty. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird because I've known Emily for a long time and she told me the story about how it's a story of how they started dating. And she told me this and just to watch it and it, and Kumail's in it and uh, Zoe Kazan, who's so fucking talented. It was just, please go watch it. It's just such a great movie of like, is it out? I think it's coming out this weekend or something. Okay, soon. cool. Yeah, but I, it was just so lovely and it was great to see. Great to see that. It made me really happy. Nice. Yeah. 
Cool. What about you? Well, I guess I'll just do, I can do the simple one of that. I, I am, I get to write on baskets this new season, which is very exciting. It's amazing. Um, I love that job and I love the people that work there and it's just like a very, very, very cool, uh, room to work in. Yeah. And, um, that's so great. So yeah. So that's, it's, even though it's hard, uh, to have what this is now a full-time job this podcast so to have two is challenging but we've done it before we have well thanks for listening you guys yes thank you we hope everything was great we hope you are happy this has been my favorite murder you guys thank you stay sexy and don't get murdered bye bye mimi want a cookie